0: It is good to see all of you today, and uh, welcome, especially if you are a guest here today, welcome, and it's great to have you out with us. Um, I've been a a bit sick all week, started feeling better yesterday, so decided to come on out, and um, I'm really grateful for Ryan Irby, Uh, last Sunday preaching, he stepped in, uh, gave him a call at the last minute, and he did a great job, so thank you, Ryan, for that, really appreciate that and appreciate all the teaching and the preaching you've been doing for us uh recently I also wanted to thank Scott for that communion message great job with the communion message as always Scott appreciate that he wanted me to let you know that Alberto is actually Orlando and so (laughs) most of us already knew that we were wondering if he was going to come up with that at some point in his communion message but Uh, It was it was actually Scott's inventive way of showing what age does to you, because uh, that which I thought was brilliant, Scott. That was a brilliant move on your part, uh, doing that, uh, illustrating what age does as you're talking about the aging process. So brilliant. Uh, But uh, I, too, want to congratulate Orlando for becoming our brother and being a part of our family. It's so great to have you uh, with us and uh, God bless you and, and that decision. Uh, that you made next Sunday we have a very special Sunday coming up uh, and I want to thank Kelly for all the work that she's put into uh, this event that we have yeah give it up for Kelly she's amazing Um, and so sign up in the back to uh, bring some uh, what are we calling those things Uh, mighty bites or oh mighty mighty bite would work too though right yeah so uh, the light bites um uh, sign up uh, and and fill out um, the recipe uh, so that we can make a recipe book and share that with each other and uh, mostly come just ready to celebrate. It's going to be a fun time together. I always enjoy the programs that we have with our children. Uh, I mean, I just enjoy our children. Uh, Lee and I were sitting behind uh, two rows of kids today. Basically we're sitting behind the Herbie's and the McCullough's and so. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of kids right there. And when I sit behind the kids, there's two things I love to do. I mean, first is just watch them interact because they're having so much fun. And for kids to sit together and have fun at church, that's a brilliant, brilliant thing. And so they really enjoy being together. And so I just smile. I smile a lot watching them and watching their interactions with each other. And then secondly, I get really hungry because they bring snacks and they bring like boat loads of snacks uh, with them, and it, it is so hard for me not to reach forward and, uh, and, and grab the, um, like the, the Rice crispy cookie out of the. but I don't do that, um, but I get hungry, um, but next week you'll be able to smile at our children as they perform for us, and we'll have a great time together, and we'll have snacks too, and so what could be better than that? It's going to be a great, great day together. And of course, the Sunday after that is Christmas Eve. So we'll be able to come together and talk about the birth of Jesus on Christmas Eve. That's going to be uh, brilliant. And then the Sunday after that is New Year's Eve. And so we'll be able to come together and talk about the new year uh, together. And so the next three Sundays are going to be very special for all of us. And everyone is invited, and all of your friends and family are invited to be a part of all of that as well. As Ryan mentioned last week, We are in the Christmas season, and it is a most wonderful time of the year. We decorate trees, we uh, put lights on our houses, Uh, children make lists of things that they would like to receive for Christmas Day, radio stations change their whole playlist, and some TV channels, all they stream are Christmas shows, morning and night. It's, It's pretty amazing. And um, in many, many ways, this is a most wonderful time of the year. I remember when we lived in the city, it was, it was always, there was always a, uh, a, a sense of people being a little more happy and also a little more courteous uh, in the city uh, during the Christmas season. And it, that's just part of the, of the miracle of Christmas. And we do experience some Christmas miracles at, at different times. And so these next few weeks, we're going to be able to experience that uh, together. On the church calendar, you know, like the the official church calendar, this is called Advent, the season of Advent. Advent means arrival, and the season of Advent is waiting for the arrival of the birth of Jesus. Uh, And during this time, it's a time of preparation. We should be preparing our hearts for Christ to come. Uh, as he did once upon a time in history, but as he ought to do every day in our lives. But let's make no mistake, this can also be a very dark season for some. For those who have lost loved ones, it can be a very dark season. For people that are by themselves, it's often the loneliest time of the year. And also when we look around the world around us, we see that not every place is uh, joyful. There are wars going on around the world. And there are places where people don't have very much at all uh, to live on. Even around us, even here in the United States, there are people that live on the streets or people that live in shelters. And one of the things that tends to happen at this time of the year is we turn to trying to figure out ways to help other people, which is a good thing to do. It's a really good thing to do. And so we have our toy drive here in the church. And for Thanksgiving, we also um, had a drive to Uh, help people prepare a a meal for for thanksgiving and these are good things to do and good things for us to think about things for us to think about uh, as a family there recently was an event where we um, uh, people made different donations to uh, to give to families in haiti to help people uh, families in haiti (coughs) simply be able to enjoy a meal uh, and or even a meal their meals for a month Um, and that was a really really good thing for us to do And so as we think about all the things that God has given us, let's also turn our eyes outward to people that don't have as much as we do, and think about ways that we can help other people uh, during this time of the year, as we think about Jesus coming into the world, and as we think about what Jesus has done for us. Now, it's interesting that last week, Ryan preached a sermon uh, using the, the birth of Jesus story. To talk about Mary pondering. She pondered things in her heart. And I had already prepared a sermon um, that I was going to preach, and that was going to be one of my points. But it was coming from nine months earlier in the life of Mary. Because not only did Mary ponder th- things in her heart after the birth of Jesus, she was pondering the miracle of Christ's coming even before he came. And that's what I wanna focus on in our lesson today. So we're gonna look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And this is nine months earlier, nine months before the birth of Jesus. This is the story of the Annunciation, which on the church calendar is in in March, usually falls on March 25th, exactly nine months before uh, Christmas day. And I wanted us to look at this because personally, I love to look at the story of Mary uh, during the Christmas season. Uh, Obviously, she is a huge part of the Christmas season. And I feel like in my own life, I don't focus enough on Mary and who she was and the lessons that I can learn from her. And I feel like as a church, we tend not to look at Mary as much as we should. And so I love during this time of the year to not just look at um, the birth of Jesus, but to go back before that and to look at, here is, a, here is a young Jewish woman from a small town in Galilee who said yes to the Lord. And because she was willing to say yes, the miracle that happened nine months later happened. So in a sense, this is a pre-Christmas miracle. The miracle of the angel coming to Mary, the miracle of Mary's conception of the Christ child, and the miracle of Mary saying yes to this calling that God gave her. So let's read this, and then I've got three quick points about this. And they, they all three points come right out of the text. Here we are in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. <clears throat> in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will bear and and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Now this is an amazing story, an amazing pre-Christmas miracle story. The story of Mary and Gabriel. It's called the Annunciation because Gabriel has this pronouncement to her about the Christ child coming into the world and her being the one that would deliver the Christ child. Mary is from Nazareth. She's, that's a small, very small little village in Galilee. Uh, some scholars believe that there were only 100 people in that whole village. And so here is a young Jewish girl from a very tiny uh, Jewish village in Galilee who gets this visitation from an angel. And the angel visits her and pronounces that God has chosen her. He's chosen her to be the one who would give birth to God's son, the Messiah, the Savior of Israel. So how does Mary react to this pronouncement? And this is where we can learn some valuable things about Mary or from Mary about life. You look at Mary's three reactions to this pronouncement from the angel Gabriel. (laughs) Number one, the first one is uh, Mary is perplexed and she ponders Gabriel's pronouncement. So she's perplexed, and she's she ponders, which goes along with Ryan's sermon uh, last week, and I won't d- dive too deeply into that, um, the, the idea of pondering, but I do want you to understand that this was the first thing that she did. So she gets this amazing, amazing pronouncement, and what's the first thing she does? She, she is surprised by it. She's surprised. But she doesn't just stop at the surprise. She actually thinks about it. She starts pondering it. Well, what does this mean? He calls her highly favored. And so she's wondering, well, how am I highly favored? I'm I'm a, a young woman from a, a, basically a village that nobody has heard of. How can I be highly favored? Um, and, and But what she does is she does doesn't stop there. She actually thinks through what is being said. And so there's these two words that are used of her. One is this word of being perplexed. It can also mean confused, surprised, troubled, confounded, disturbed, and agitated. And also the adverb greatly is added to that. So she is greatly disturbed or greatly surprised by this. One writer, Scott F. Spencer says this, But in the heat of the moment, Mary is not at all sure this is a blessed event. Why on earth should she be singled out? Nazareth's record of previous angelic visits would be slim to none. Perhaps Gabriel has lost his way, misread his assignment. Even if he has the right place, does he have the right person? And so she's perplexed, she's surprised. But she doesn't just stop there. She doesn't run. She doesn't flee. You know, sometimes when you get surprised, you have this fight or flight or be frozen syndrome. I witnessed it yesterday in my backyard with my birds. I have birds, okay? I have this bird feeder and the birds come. And when the birds are there, there's a cat that is next door that comes out sometimes. And you can see... The different birds and their reaction when they see the cat poke its head around some of them the doves at the bottom on the ground they just freeze they just freeze and uh, i'm I'm like fly fly." (laughs) because i'm watching it and from my office window and i can't get out there in time and i'm like please fly and then there are the sparrows and the finches and these smaller birds that they're just out of there they're just out of there in a second. And also, um, I don't know if you know what starlings are, but starlings can be the most annoying birds in the world. But man, they have this flight mechanism that I can, I can actually clap my hands inside my office and they'll just scatter, uh, which keeps them alive. And that's why there's so many of them. Um, uh, so some of them freeze, but none of them fight. <laughs> When the cat gets close enough, they'll all fly away. But we have that internally in all of us. How are we going to react to these kinds of situations? Well, in your life, when surprising things happen that come to you from God, how do you react? Do Do you just freeze up? Or do you fight God? That's possible. Or do you fly away from God? Or do you do what Mary did? And that is she pondered. She started thinking about it she internalized it and she said well what okay this surprises me but what does this really mean and what does it mean for me and i appreciate her doing that this idea of of ponder the word means to think or reason carefully especially about the implications of something so she started reasoning carefully about the implications of this and that leads to her second reaction so let's move there her second reaction is Mary questions. So she, she hears what is said, you are going to give birth to a child. You who are a virgin are going to give birth to a child. And so she questions that. The angel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. Well, and then he goes on. I'll just read the rest because it's a lot. And what the angel throws at her right there, it's a lot. You'll name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give, him to, the, give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of God forever. And his, of his kingdom, there will be no end. And I just picture this young Jewish girl in this small village hearing all that and just you know, her, her reaction. And her reaction is to question. Wow, that's a lot. And so she questions him, and she even questions um, the 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 process. You know, he calls her favored one. Uh, Don't be scared. But then she responds by just talking about how is this possible? How can this happen? She knew basic biology, as um, most young people do. She knew, and she knew that just just this is not possible. And so she says, how can this be since I am a virgin? That's a fair question. Fair question even for an angel. But then the angel informs her that the Holy Spirit is in charge of the of the process, and that's where she has to learn to trust. He not only says that, but he says, remember your cousin Elizabeth, who was barren, and everyone thought she was barren, and everyone thought she couldn't bear children? She's pregnant now. So, nothing is impossible with God. And that was his answer. Nothing is impossible with God. But the thing that I want you to see is Mary questioned, and it's okay to question. It's okay if you don't understand something to ask, how can this be? How is this possible? And when we read the scriptures, there are things that sometimes come to us in the Bible That we don't understand, and it's okay to say, hmm, I I don't understand that, or I'm struggling with that, or I don't get that. It's okay to question and to ask questions. Mary asked, she verbalized her question. She just didn't have it in her mind and hold it in because that's not really helpful. But instead, she verbalized it, and she asked this angel in front of her, okay, I don't get it how is this possible i I, i'm not pregnant now and how am i going to have a child how does this work and he says it's the holy spirit and nothing is impossible with god and she had to learn to trust at that point but before it got to the point of trust she had to have her questions answered and that's a good thing to do and it gets back to her being perplexed and pondering which leads to questions And so I appreciate this about Mary. I appreciate the fact that she was willing to ask questions. And here's the thing that over the years, I've tried to teach people time and time again. I tried to teach this to my own children as they were growing up, and they had questions about God or questions about the church or questions about the Bible or questions about fairness in life, Um, because all these things are very real, Um, the questions of fairness, the questions of justice. And I tried to tell them, you know what? ask the question because god is big enough to handle any question you have and that's basically what gabriel is saying nothing is impossible with god god is big enough to handle your questions and so it 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 actually you know scott talking about growth part of growing is going asking the questions and then facing the question facing the answer and learning from the answer and then growing from that growing from that when i look at the book of job for example there's there's much injustice in the book of job when you look at it i mean the thing that comes to my mind as i look at job's life i think this isn't fair and job had the same question god how can this be fair and his friends, so-called friends, were saying, you must have sinned for all these bad things to happen to you. And Job was like, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. No, you're accusing me falsely. And so you know what he does next? He takes it to God and he questions God. And then God basically comes back to Job and says, I, it's okay to question. It's okay. I am, but realize that I'm the one that creates snowflakes. Have you done that? It's basically the same answer. I can do the impossible. And so my point is, is that when things come your way and you have questions about them in your spiritual life, in in your Bible study, in matters that deal with God, ask the questions. That's a good thing to do. And when you come across something you don't understand, in the Bible, or in your spiritual life, ask questions. Ask, like, how can this be? Ask, why is this happening? Ask, what is the purpose of this? Those are all good questions. And then you just look to God for the answer. Um, So it is fair that Mary responds with shock. It is fair that she questions the process. And it's fair that she asks, how can this be? And then the, the, after that question, the angel reassures her, God is in control. God and his Holy Spirit are in control. And then when you get the answer to the question, and even if the answer is, a, is an answer like that, that um, kind of like what Scott's message was, that you, you suffer here, but Jesus suffered also, and so at some point you're going to be able to work it out with Jesus, even if the answer is like that, you got to work through it work through it and work through it and work through it until you get to the point of surrender and that's the third point now don't skip the other things and say and and sometimes sometimes that's what we tend to do because some of us are brought up that way is oh don't worry about it don't even think about it that's beyond you um so just surrender I had things that happened recently, and uh, people were like, oh, you know what? God's at work in all of that. And I said, you know, I don't have the same theology as you do. I just don't. I see bad things happen to good people. I see that. They were like, oh, you know, God's got the church in his hand. Just trust God. And I'm like, well, then why the letters that Paul wrote to the churches? Why was there such a mess? And why didn't Paul just sit back and say, oh, God's got the churches. It's okay. Paul actually battled false doctrine in churches. And so, you know, you have to, I think that's part of the struggle. But then when you start getting the answers, then you have to realize okay, you're God and I'm not, which is where Job had to get to. You're God and I'm not. And ultimately, it's where Mary gets to. But she says it in such a beautiful way. And I love Mary for this, the way that she responds to God. It is is truly beautiful. She gets to the point in Luke one thirty-eight, where she's able to say, Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And at some point in all of our lives, that's where we have to get. We have to be able to say, Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. I'm just going to read that in Greek, because in Greek it's so beautiful. But here it goes, okay? In the Greek it says this. Idu pe dole kurio Behold the servant of the Lord. Genoto moi kata taurama su. Let it be according to your word. And in my life, that's where I want to get. I want to get to the point after, after the struggle, okay? I can't get there before the struggle. But after the struggle, I want to get to the point that I'm your servant. Let it be according to your word. Now, let me, forgive me from going from the sublime to the mundane, because I think this is where Paul McCartney got these lyrics when he says, When I find myself in times of trouble... Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. But that's where you have to get to. You have to get to the point, let it be, according to your word. Um, Mary surrenders her will to God's will. And you know what? That's part of this pre-Christmas miracle, surrendering her will to God's will. That's part of the magic of Christmas. Mary submits to God. And because she does, Jesus entered the world through her womb. In a sense, Christmas didn't just happen on Christmas Day. In a sense, Christmas happened nine months earlier when Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Because Jesus entered the world then through the womb of Mary, into the womb of Mary. And it's because of Mary. And this is why I am so enthralled by Mary, so um, enamored by her, why she inspires me, because of her willingness to say, I am the Lord's servant. But it started with her being perplexed. It started with her pondering. Then she went to questioning. And then she went to surrendering. And that's what happened here. We see the miracle of Christmas happening here, or we see the miracle of pre-Christmas happening here. God calls this young Jewish woman named Mary to carry his son in her womb for, for nine months so that the world might have a Savior. And this young Jewish woman named Mary says, yes, behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Now, in the Jewish mind, I'm just going to uh, take a couple of minutes here to say this, and then we'll be done. But in the Jewish mind, during that time, the presence of God hovered above the Ark of the Covenant in the temple in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. And for, uh, for the, the, the Jewish people, that's where they considered God living. He lived in the Holy Holies, in above the Ark of the Covenant, in the temple in Jerusalem. But here is a point in time where God doesn't just dwell in the temple. God now dwells in the temple, but he also dwells in the womb of a young Jewish woman named Mary. Mary is one of the most common names uh, in Judaism at that time. She came from the small little ordinary village, and all of this is part of the Christmas miracle. She was willing to have the presence of God be with her. She literally became the holiest space on earth her willingness to say your lord's servant made her the holiest space on earth god chose the savior to come from a woman not from a man but from a woman and not from a man and woman together but from a woman nature dictates that people come children come from men and women but this one came just from a woman, in a supernatural way, from a woman. The future Jesus would give his blood for humanity. But before that happened, Jesus would live off the blood of Mary and the nutrients of her wounds. This young Jewish woman named Mary. Jesus was born like no other person. He received his full humanity from a woman. Yet Jesus was also fully divine. And all of this is part of the Christmas miracle. It's something that we need to contemplate. It's something that we need to think about. I am so grateful to Mary for having this heart. I'm thankful for her being willing to say, I am the Lord's servant. I'm also thankful for her story that I see that she was surprised. She pondered, she questioned, but then she surrendered. And I praise God for Mary's humility. And I praise her for her willingness to be a slave of the Lord, a servant of the Lord. At the beginning of time, woman came from man. Now at the beginning of the new time, the Kairos time, the time of the kingdom, man comes from woman. And this is special salvation time where man comes from woman. And I appreciate Mary. I also appreciate all the women around us who make up our community who offers so much to us in our community. Thank you for your example. Thank you for your lives. Thank you for having this same attitude. Yes, we are the servants of the Lord. Jesus grew up into adulthood, and when he did, he chose to be a servant. I think part of that is because he had a good teacher. His mother was a good example. Nine months before Jesus was born, Mary chose to be a servant. She said, Behold, the servant of the Lord. And part of this Christmas celebration ought to be that we celebrate not just the birth of Jesus, but the pre-Christmas miracle that happened nine months earlier. And I would add that part of our Christmas celebration ought to be that we ought to celebrate women, women in our church, women in our community, women who make a contribution to us, women in our families, and women in the world around us. There would be no Christmas story without women. There would be no Christmas story without Mary. And her story is a huge part of the miracle of Christmas. So I'm going to close with words from a female scholar, Fleming Rutledge, who writes this. And I'll close with this, her thoughts. God has acted. God has intervened. In the announcement of Gabriel to the Virgin Mary, we hear a voice from beyond ourselves. A voice quality literally from out of this world. And God is able to give true and lasting peace. Only God can create a new kingdom where there is no evil and no disappointment can ever enter. The news from St. Luke is that God Himself has entered the world. His own blood would be shed in order to guarantee the fountains of blood would one day come to an end forever. Jesus Christ, the Lord, is our hope, Jesus Christ is our future. Jesus, our Savior, and our God. And I would add that all of that begins because of a decision that one woman made, a young Jewish woman from Nazareth, a woman named Mary. Thank you.